This episode is brought to you by Traveling Psychology Girl, where we declutter and organize your mind, home, and office. With Traveling Psychology Girl, it offers more services than just regular decluttering and organizing your home, but it offers services as in tutoring, garden prep, homestead startup, and overall just helping you balance your life and your mind. Visit www.travelingpsychologygirl.com for more details. It stormed last night and it's been raining this morning. It's been lightning and thunder. And I think that it comes perfectly um, right after I was out in the yard and I smelled smoke. And it wasn't the typical smoke of someone burning their leaves. It smelled like something big was on fire. I could not tell where it was coming from. I could not tell where the sirens were going, but I could smell the smoke. And I thought that it fit perfectly within the things or the elements that I have been accidentally talking about during this podcast. And today, if you haven't guessed it, I'm going to talk about fire. I like to burn the leaves in my backyard. I use the leaves for a lot of different things. And I just recently found out that you can put leaves in your flower garden, um, you know, before the spring, and it helps with fertilization. It helps with turning the ground to black soil. And so I have been putting them there. I've put some in the chicken coop. Um, But for the most part, I just kind of leave them out and let them do their own thing, start to break down into the earth in my backyard, not in my front. Um, because they do have a chemical in them that can, um, kill your grass, but I don't really have any grass in my backyard. So that's not really an issue for me personally. So when I'm not doing that, I will from time to time burn them. And when I like to get a good fire going and we're all sitting out by the fire and we're eating s'mores and things like that, talking to friends having get-togethers, I like to toss the leaves over into the fire to make the fire burn longer and brighter, but then also to get rid of some of the leaves out in the yard. So there are things that fire is good for, but in some situations, fires are bad. And just like any element, if a fire is contained it's okay, but if it steps outside of its boundaries, it can become dangerous. Every summer, I watch the news where California seems to be on fire, and I'm always amazed at um, the adjustment that people have made living there, especially up in the valley, because it's beautiful there, but During this time or that time of year, they have to prepare for that. But they're ready for that. And for people that don't live there, 
it's sometimes hard for us to grasp that. We're like, oh, California's on fire. They just need to move. They just need to leave. But it's the same thing that when you have people that live in Florida, they have hurricanes. And they know that every year they're going to have hurricanes. They are prepared for it. They make adjustments. People that live in Tornado uh, Alley, they know that even though they can't predict exactly when one may hit, they know the season. They know the season is drawing near and they grow up in that way and they're prepared for it. They, they mentally prepare for that season. And people that live in places like California that experience earthquakes, they prepare for it. I experienced an earthquake once when I lived in Oklahoma and I was really thrown off because I'd never experienced an earthquake and I never thought I would experience one there. But it is a pretty big fault line that goes through the state of Oklahoma. And so, but for people that experience it all the time, like in California, they are somewhat prepared for that, right? They know that it's a possibility that it can happen here and they know what to do. There is an app that my children used to play when they were young. I think it's called uh, Guard, Monster Guard. And they would go on and you get to learn how to be safe and prepare for the different elements that may hit, such as earthquakes and tornadoes and um, hurricanes and things like that. And tsunamis even right so there's people that experience tsunamis and it may not happen all the time but they're they know that they have to get to higher ground and so it's the same thing with fires except though that fires can happen anywhere and depending on the kind of fire it may throw one off and some people unfortunately can't escape a fire but for people that live in California that experience those kinds of wildfires that are in the forest, they know what to prepare for. I never will forget when I was growing up, um, my, uh, the house next door to my grandmother burned down to the ground. It caught on fire. It just, it just was torched. And um, my uncle was sitting on the doorstep spraying the daddy long legs that was coming and literally running from that house because they were burning (laughs) it was hot right they were trying to get away and then I can remember even more one particular time um, I was in a house and while I was in the house the house next door again caught on fire but the fire came on and attached to our house the house that I was living in and it was me and four other people in the house and I'm an adult I'm a young adult so it's me and four roommates and we're all living in the house and we all have our own rooms but I was the only one that woke up and when I woke up my window was literally on fire I could literally just see flames And so I woke up, got everybody else up, and we got out of the house. For some reason, it seemed like fires was just like an everyday thing in the hood in South Dallas where I was growing up. Houses often burn down. As a matter of fact, I have an aunt that lived in an apartment where the people next door 
uh, apartment caught on fire twice and burned her apartment with it twice. And believe it or not, she still lives in these same apartments. I don't understand. I'm like, apparently people don't know what they're doing over there. It's probably a sign after two fires that you need to move. But she has literally stayed in the same place, even though her apartment has burned down twice. But fires do happen. And so when they happen unexpectedly and the fire steps outside of its boundary or its natural habitat, okay, then it can become very dangerous. But fire in and of itself is not dangerous. As a matter of fact, if you just Google fire purposes, a lot of things come up. And so from mylandplan.org, it says, fire breaks down and returns nutrients to the soil. It removes weak or diseased written trees, leaving more space and nutrients for stronger trees. It keeps trees, tree stands thin and open, letting more sunlight in so trees stay healthier and improve the wildlife habitat. Interesting. Another website, sciencemag.org, so that's sciencemag.org, wildfires are a natural part of many environments. They are nature's way of clearing out the dead litter on the forest floors. This allows important nutrients to return to the soil, enabling a new healthy beginning for plants and animals. Fires also play an important role in the reproduction of some plants. Again, if I continue to look down, I can actually click, so I can click. When you, when you Google something, you can, you know how you click and then questions like more questions pop up that's what I can actually do with this one so let me see there's like a ton of questions already on here let's see what is the most dangerous type of fire so if I click on that it says class C fires caused by flammable gases such as butane and propane make up those in class C and are arguably the most dangerous given their uh, their potential to explode. And that's from cheshirefire.net. I didn't even realize that fires were uh, labeled classifications, that there were different classifications of fire, which totally makes sense. So let's see. What are some disadvantages of fire? It can cause damage to any type of living or non-living component. Well, we know that. It can cause damage to any type of property. A person may die due to its toxic gases. It says it's burning good for soil. Low intensity fires do not cause enough soil heating to produce significant changes to soil physical properties. Intense burns may have detrimental e effects on soil physical properties by consuming soil organic matter and again all of these have they all come from actual um, major websites but it's just you can you can look at them through Google 
so we kind of see some of the negative effects, uh, negative effects of fire. I like this one. Are forest fires beneficial? We kind of touched on that, but it says forest fires help a natural cycle of woods, growth, and replenishment. They clear dead trees. We talked about that. Leaves and comp uh, vegetation from the forest floor. So these are like dead vegetation from the forest floor. So new plants can grow, break down, and return nutrients to the soil. Um, oh, I really like this one. Do forest fires contribute to global warming? So this is from UCSUSA.org. The forests, uh, and as the forests burn, they release carbon dioxide and other global warming gases worsening climate change. As wildfires burn more land, emissions go up. If you are um, a person that kind of knows how to survive in the wilderness, one of the major things that you would do is you would know how to build a fire. And then building a fire not only keeps you warm, particularly if you're in a cold environment, but it also keeps predators away, right? Because predators don't want to be anywhere near fire. Um, in the Jungle Book, the movie, I like how they call the fire the... Uh, red flower I think it's what they called it the red flower I thought that was a beautiful uh, uh, innocent way of of calling fire what it is of uh, the red flower but it kept danger away it keeps danger away there's been plenty of movies I've watched where people were out in the forest in the wilderness and they had to figure out how to make a fire and it was to eat too right because you can go out and you can hunt things and then you can you can kill it and eat it right because you're cooking it you're cooking it right there with a the fire and before we had stoves that's pretty much what we had to do right as a human beings we had to do that and so Again, fire is important, um, also can be dangerous. So when I come back, I'm going to read some scriptures in the Bible that tie into fire. See you then. In Jeremiah chapter 20, Starting at verse 7, I'm going to read from 7 to verse 9. And this is coming from the easy to read version. It says, Lord, by the way, Jeremiah is complaining. As a matter of fact, the way that my uh, Bible has it listed, this is his fifth complaint. Okay, so just we're not going to get into his complaints, but I want to drive the point home with the fire thing. So it says in verse 7, Lord, you tricked me and I certainly was fooled. You are stronger than I am. So you won. I have become a joke. People laugh at me and make fun of me all day long. Every time I speak, I shout. I am always shouting about violence and destruction. I tell the people about the message that I receive from the Lord, but they only insult me and make fun of me. Sometimes I say to myself, I will forget about him. I will not speak anymore in his name. But when I say that, his message is like a fire burning inside me. It feels like it is burning deep in my bones. I get tired of trying to hold his message inside. 
and finally I am not able to hold it in. Has there ever been something that you've been so passionate about? You're passionate about it and you're kind of tired of talking about it, but because you're so passionate about it, there's something about it that just seems to burn within and you just cannot keep it to yourself. This is the feeling that Jeremiah has. He's not really happy. He's complaining. He's shouting all the time. But even when he doesn't want to talk about the Lord, (laughs) it's something in him that is burning from within. It feels like it's burning deep in my bones. That's what he says. It feels like it's burning deep in my bones. Okay. It's all up in the marrow. It's deep, deep, deep in there. And so that feeling, there's nothing else that you can really compare it to but fire. And it's an interesting way and an interesting metaphor to use fire in that way. Um, In Acts chapter 2, verse 1 through 4, it says, this is the coming of the Holy Spirit. It says, when the day of Pentecost came, they were all together in one place. Suddenly a noise came from heaven. It sounded like a strong wind blowing. This noise filled the whole house where they were sitting. They saw something that looked like flames of fire. The flames were separated and stood over each person there. They were all filled with the Holy Spirit and they began to speak different languages The Holy Spirit was giving them the power to do so. This is a famous quote or scripture in the Bible that a lot of people have talked about over the years. And it is one of my favorites because now the Holy Spirit is being compared to flames of fire. There is no other way to describe the Holy Spirit but to describe it as flames of fire. And the part that really gets me is verse three, when it says that, then it says the flames were separated and stood over each person there. Have you ever been in a church service and maybe you didn't physically see a fire? Okay. Okay. So there was an interruption in the podcast. My apologies. Um, I had a parent meeting (laughs) that I totally forgot about. But to finish on, I was talking about Acts chapter 2, when the day of Pentecost came, and how in verse 3, it says they saw something that looked like flames of fire, and that the flames were separated and stood over each person there. And I like how um, it looked like flames of fire. Anytime something says it looks like something else, uh I I think of it as that's the closest thing that you can compare it to. That doesn't mean that that's actually um, what they saw, but it looked like flames of fire. And that it was um, over each person that was there. So that shows me that this fire is so significant that it was something deep inside of 
everybody, everybody experienced this great outpouring from God, right? Everybody got to experience this. Everybody was a part of it. They were all in one room and that fire was on every single person in that room. And so if you were in that room, you were not left out. The Holy Spirit was there. So I love the fact that it compares that to fire. Let's take a look at Deuteronomy chapter four. Now I chose the easy to read version for this one, but I I would probably encourage you to study this more under maybe the um, New Living Translation or uh, New International Version, even the, the New King James Version. But I digress. So De- Deuteronomy chapter four, verse 23. You must be careful not to forget the agreement that the Lord your God made with you. You must obey the Lord's command. Don't make any idols of in any form because the Lord your God hates for his people to worship other gods. And he can be like a fire that destroys. Another version says an all-consuming fire. Okay, so if we're not obeying God's commandments here is where it like the the other scriptures it was like good right it was like the fire is a good thing but in this case fire is mentioned sort of in the opposite it's like okay if we're not doing what the Lord has commanded us to God hates for his people to worship other gods if we're if we're worshiping other gods we have other idols before him then his fire is an all-consuming fire. It's a fire that destroys. So we have a fire that came because of the day of Pentecost, but then now we have a fire that destroys and it lines so perfectly up with a natural fire, how a natural fire can be that that can destroy, but it also can be there to nurture. So it's just really, really, really an awesome uh, comparison between what fire can do. Hebrews chapter 12 in the King James Version, verse 28 and 29 reads, Wherefore, we receiving a kingdom which cannot be moved, let us have grace, whereby we may serve God acceptably with reverence and godly fear. For our God is a consuming fire. So here is another text that uses the same consuming fire. But this time the consuming fire doesn't mean destroying fire. This time the consuming fire means that it overtakes you. It overtakes us. It's kind of like the the scripture that talked about it being shut up in Jeremiah's bones, right? It's that fire. It's like fire shut up in my bones. Well, this is the fire that consumes in in a good way because of the reverence that we have for God. It's like fear. Fear can mean multiple things. But in this text, in verse 28, fear means reverence. It means having that respect for the Lord. And the last one I'm going to read is Exodus chapter 3. And this is the burning bush. Okay, so Moses' father-in-law was named Jethro. Jethro was a priest of Midian. Moses took care of Jethro's, really don't care about that so much. But one day Moses led the sheep to the west side of the desert. He went to the mountain called Horeb, the mountain of God, 
on that mountain, Moses saw the angel of the Lord in a burning bush. Moses saw a bush that was burning without being destroyed. So he decided to go closer to the bush and see how a bush could continue burning without being burned up. The Lord saw Moses was coming to look at the bush. So he called to him from the bush. He said, Moses, Moses, Moses said, yes, Lord. Then God said, don't come any closer. Take off your sandals. You are standing on holy ground. Later on in this story, when Moses comes away from the burning bush, we know this is how he got the the 12 commandments. He comes out. His hair is white as snow, right? Because this experience at this bush, this is the most significant story in here dealing with fire because this is a fire that did not consume per se. It did not burn up the bush, but yet the bush was on fire. It's just really, that's crazy, right? The bush is on fire, but the bush is not burning. It just makes no sense. But a lot of things that God does, it doesn't have to make sense, but it, it did at that time. So this bush is on fire, but it's not burned up. Then when Moses comes down, he's not burned up, but his hair is white. Oh, we know if we get too close to a fire, we ain't got to worry about our hair being white. Our hair going to be gone. It's going to be burnt off. Okay. It's just going to be little thristles on, on our head. It's just, it's gone. If you've ever, if you're a woman and, um, I'm probably going to really date myself, but way back in the day when we were using pressing irons instead of flat irons, we used a pressing comb. There were plenty of times where I had that comb on the stove and it was just a little too hot and maybe I didn't rub it and blow it enough. And I put that thing in my hair and just shoot hair just went from brown or whatever color it was it was at the time and then it just went to just a little sad little thread looking like piece of hair and then it was brittle and you just pull it off and it just fall right off it just like dissolve in your hand it was just burnt okay and don't really experience that too much with flat irons today unless you don't know what you're doing but if you grew up during my time and you use the pressing iron <laughs> you know exactly what I'm talking about but his hair was white so that's an interesting fire so hopefully you're able to see the different meanings of fire fire can be good it's great for us but fire can also be bad when it's not within its boundaries the proper way and so I hope that you received something from this today. I look forward to bringing you the next podcast. That's all I have for today. Thank you so much for listening. Look forward to bringing the next element to you. And so until then, God bless. Hi, this is Kristen. And thank you so much for listening to Encouragement from Kristen's Backyard. You know, the Bible says in John three sixteen. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. You know, maybe after listening to the podcast, if you are not saved, you're thinking, I would love to give my life to Christ. If so, all you have to do is confess your sins to him, ask him to forgive you, and he will, and then say, Lord Jesus, come into my heart 
I accept you as my personal Lord and Savior. And you know what? It is done. You are saved. If you enjoy listening to the podcast and want to follow me on social media, I am at three different places on Instagram. You can follow me at KB Simple Life, Encouragement from Kristen, or my business page, Traveling Psychology Girl. Thank you so much for listening and supporting what I'm doing here. God bless you. God bless you. And I will be with you next time.